Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 723, recorded live on April 30th, 2022. And here are your hosts, the man who got some rain earlier today, Dave Play. That's me! And the man who's got some rain going on right now, Andy Lowe, hi. You have a lot of rain going on right now, Andy? I have a lot of rain going on right now. The uh, yeah. The radar above me is yellow. Oh, oh my. We had a tornado watch earlier today. I think it's over. Yes, most of, most of, if I'm looking at the same, I should be looking at the same map that you are. It's, I mean, it's the same storm that was over us is now over you. Well, sort of. It's kind of a spiral that's focused over, looks like Minneapolis. How big is this storm? It's big. What website are you on for the weather? Oh, I just, uh, I pulled up my uh, hyperlocal app. Ah, all right. I'll just go to windy.com. Oh, oh my. Oh my. That is, that's weird to see in the Midwest. Like, it's a big spiral. Like, was this, was this remnants of a tropical storm of some kind or what? It's really early in the season for that. Also, it's going the wrong way. That's true. Yeah, this would have come from like, like Mexico. I mean, no, it would have come off of can We get, our weather pattern comes from the northwest, usually. I mean, I guess it depends on like high pressure, low pressure, but this is, this is moving pretty straight east. So got, like this got fell off of the Rockies. Splint to uh, a spin to it splin a, a splin a splin okay it's sort of like a spline but you know yeah andy i have a question for you i may or may not have an answer i have two drinks in front of me <laughs> and apparently timed it so that you had one drink in your mouth at that point yes yes i did <laughs> oh left and right well, since I am left-handed, I'm going to go with the one on the left. All right. That is the Propel Berry. Oh. Uh-huh. That works fine, because it means the other drink can go into the fridge where it wasn't, because I found it in the cupboard. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm actually currently, no joke, on the lookout for another Mountain Dew flavor. Like you're on the prowl? It's supposed to be coming out. Uh, it's another exclusive, but luckily where it's an exclusive, there's um, uh, it's a Circle K exclusive, and it turns out there's a Circle K right next to the Domino's where I always get pizza on Monday nights. I still think that Mountain Dew has taken this too far. <laughs> no, you know... I'm trying to figure out. I was uh, I was shopping on Monday, and uh, I had to get some crackers. We were getting low on crackers, okay. and so I went down the cookie and cracker aisle. Oh, Oreos! I came home with literally three different flavors of Oreos that I had never seen before. Andy, you know you don't have to try them all. Like I get that you've been trained for that with um, uh, uh, Pokemon, right? Like, gotta catch them all. You don't actually have to try every flavor of Oreo. I know. There, there's some I look at and I go, no. But uh, one of them was a uh, toffee flavor. The other mm-hmm. one was a mocha caramel latte flavor. And then I've got one more still in the cabinet and I forgot what it was. So have you, have I shown you the, the uh, or you've seen by yourself the college humor like Oreo CEO sketch? No, I have not. So you know the Tide Pod sketch, right? Where it's no, like the I do CEO not. of Tide saying like, don't eat the Tide Pods. You've not seen the CEO YouTube videos, Brendan Lee Mulligan? Nope. Ah, Andy. I'm just going to send you a YouTube search. Because there's an entire playlist of this type of video. Um, the, the sketch was, like, the, the comedian, Brendan Lee Mulligan, is pretending to be the CEO of the company that produces Tide and Tide Pods, which is... Johnson and Johnson, probably, or Procter and Gamble. I don't know. Uh, but it was right at the height of the like people eating Tide Pods. Okay. And so it's a whole sketch about like stop eating this and don't eat it. It's not food. And then hey, coming soon. Let's like now dovetail into all of our new products, and all of the new products look like food. <laughs> The Winter Blast gum-flavored bonbons <laughs> uh, for Vicks Vaporub. 
Okay, or that's the, kind of funny. Uh, the cotton, like there's a, a dryer lint thing that's it looks like cotton candy. The Tampax push sickles. Yeah. So then they took this this concept, this idea of like a CEO whose marketing department is just trying to give him a heart attack, and they did a bunch of other companies. So there's uh, Venmo, there's uh, ABC's CEO saying no more racist shows, and then it's a bunch of really fucking racist shows. Um, it, it's it's great, and one of them is Oreos. There's the Oreo CEO. It's, it's Nabisco, right? But he's like, "What the hell are you guys doing? We won. We make Oreos. Why do we need to make different Oreos?" And the the sketch goes on about all the different Oreo flavors: double stuff, triple stuff, mega stuff, strawberry milkshake Oreo, strawberry Oreo. How is that different than strawberry milkshake? Well, one one has a milkshake consistency. It has the consistency. Of milkshake? No, no, it doesn't. Somebody's bored. My, that's my, uh, the toffee yeah. ones. So, so watch, I, watch the sketches because okay. they are just fucking hilarious, and I cannot do them justice. And they are so good. The uh, the toffee ones. As soon as you opened up, it was like, woohoo! That's a lot of that's a lot of toffee smell. Yeah. Like as soon as you open it up, you're like, woo. I like I took them into work and that that shows you something like when like nobody's touched them after a couple of hours. It's like, really, there's a thing of Oreos here and nobody's going <laughs> to have any. The mocha caramel latte ones. So we're actually pretty good. I actually ate that whole box. Not in one in, sitting. I was going to say in one sitting or no? no, no. Over a span of a week. Okay. I just finished them up today and I got them on Monday. So over the span of a week, I had a box. But yeah, no, I'm, now I'm like, I'll, I'll eat a box of Oreos in a sitting. Yep. It's nope. not good to do it, but like. Yeah, I ate half a box of Girl Scout cookies in a sitting without even thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Should not have done that. Should not do that. That said, uh, back when I could eat Girl Scout cookies, a box of the peanut butter. Is it the peanut butter, the tagalong? I don't know. The yeah, tagalongs. Tagalongs, thank you. The peanut, the peanut butter, butter patties. patties, yep. Yeah, 100% just eat a box of that. Sit down, open it up, whole thing. No problem. Mm-hmm. Now I want some more cookies, but no, I, I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I have two boxes of Girl Scout cookies waiting for me at work. I need to pick them up. I, you know, when you start counting your calories, you look at it and go, oh my gosh, I'm already at that point. <laughs> and you're like, I should have water for the rest of today. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow. <laughs> My water-only diet till I get back down into a reasonable, t- you know. So yeah, so that covers our food part of the topic. Should we actually hit actual topics? Um, I mean, we could. We got quite a list this week. So kudos to you know whoever's putting this list together, Andy. <laughs> It's all Andy. To be clear, it is like all Andy every week. It's all Andy. Andy is the one who goes in and looks for topics. I I do not. I haven't for some time. It's all Andy. So thank you, Andy. Hey, hey, you have a topic on this list. I do have a topic on this list. Although, I will say I do contribute topics to the show. They just don't end up on the list before then. Yes, there have been times where Dave's like, what about the... Oh, shoot, you have that. All right, what about this... Nope, you have that one, too. No, I mean the times where I'm like, oh, here's a topic that's not on the list, and then go and talk about it for, like, ten minutes. Oh, things like that, yeah. Yes, there are also non-topic topics. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. But no, I, I did add a topic. Should we start with that topic and do a more of a science-y start? Sure, we got some science we, stuff on here. We, we got some about. science on here. We can do the science. Uh, CERN turned on this week. It's been off for a while, hasn't it? It's been off for like four years because they were taking it down for a couple months of like repair and upgrades and then a pandemic hit. So it's been off for some time. Three year shutdown. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they were talking about having to like shut it down. They're like, look, we need to clear out the cabling. There's cabling here that we don't know what it's for. (laughs) It's some guy running a Bitcoin operation. (laughs) He's just stealing power from CERN. That's all. So they turned it on. They've already set records with the new upgraded equipment for, like, the amount of power being shot at itself. 
That's really what CERN is. Like, when you, if you think of a particle accelerator, at that point, I'm not sure if it's even worth to the layman thinking about whether it is mass or energy, because it's the same thing at that point, right? Like, once you have that much energy, it acts like it, it it has mass? I don't even know. Does it have mass or does it act like it has mass? And is there actually a difference? It's something really tiny going really fast. Yeah. That's, that's all I know is they just... It's like that spin rocket, just a lot smaller and a lot faster. <laughs> and not pointed up? Nope. Just two, what, two circles, a big circle and a small circle, and then they just kind of just smash them together. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. Aren't they supposed to be building a bigger one somewhere down like Texas or something? Yep. Uh, I don't know if it's in Texas. Hang on. Let me look this up. Yeah, that's what I thought. It is in Europe. Uh, oh, God, it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's the size of Switzerland. The Future Circular Collider, I don't know if that's the official name for it, is a 100-kilometer circumference, so about a 30-kilometer diameter. That one, I don't know. That one, I'm just... Well, 100 divided by pi, Andy. Something like that, yeah. What's 100 divided by 3? 33.33333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333333
Firaxis Games Civ 7. Um, Firaxis had job openings that looked like they could be for Civ 7 back in August of last year. So probably next year. I'd say like a year and a half to build a Civ game. That would make sense if they if they're starting to really discount Civ Six everything, then probably Seven be on its way soon. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited that I finally got to see some more uh, footage of um, that Ubisoft game. Of that Ubisoft game, the pirate one. Can you can you be a little more specific? Pirate uh, Skull and Bones. Okay. They basically took the engine for Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and turned it into just pirate ships, nothing else. Um, It was first revealed back in 2017, and then it basically just disappeared off the map, and somebody just leaked some footage recently about it. Ooh. So, because I did love me my pirate ships in Assassin's Creed. That was, that was fun. Mm-hmm. So. How did we get on this? I do, uh, something about modern wonders of the world or something. I'm not sure. And CERN. Yes. But speaking of, you brought up web. Should we talk about web? Sure. Because they did another update. Ooh. So the mirror was already focused as basically as best as they could without going into quantum. <laughs> I I love that. We're at the point in our science where our instruments are so precise and so good. We're like, this is as good as we can get it because of shit we don't fully understand. Yeah. Like, this is as accurate as we can make it, uh, because if we try to make it more accurate, then the universe says no. (laughs) So they got the, they got the mirror and everything, the basic. <laughs> telescope already set, but they had to fine tune all the rest of the instrument instruments. Yes. So there are five of them, I think. Uh, two spectrographs, two imaging cameras, and a fine guidance sensor. So they had to calibrate all of those as well. Yeah, and they want to calibrate them all together so that they're all on the same baseline so that you can compare from one to the other. Yes. Okay. So the they're, they're all focused in basically as best as they can. Everything is pointing where it should be pointing and reflecting where it should be reflecting. Yes. So they haven't started yet because they have, they have, everything's got, you know, filters and other sorts of mechanical hardware that works with these five different cameras Mm -hmm. or sorry, two cameras, two spectrographs and a guidance sensor, whatever the hell that is. I feel like a guidance sensor is a camera. Not necessarily. So, but um, a guidance sensor does not need to be a camera. That's true. It could be radar of some kind. I mean, it could be a gyroscope. Also true. It could be a, uh, a thermometer. But anyway, they they need to check out all the various mechanical hardware th- with each of these. Yep. And that will take another two months or so. So they say mid-June they should actually be able to start using it. That's Coming up pretty close. Yep. So they've got everything dialed in. Now they're going to, yeah, test out all the mechanical hardware and filters and everything. They're also going to test the cooling system and basically verify that their plans and procedures to realign and correct any deviations on the primary mirror work. I mean, I hope they work. That's cause... that's what they're, they, they, tr- they tested them out, but you know, you gotta, we're like, okay, the mirror works. Let's take it out of alignment and make sure our correction plans. To... How shitty would it be if now that it's aligned, they took it out of alignment and couldn't get it back in? <sighs> that would suck. How absolutely shitty would that be to be like, well, sorry, folks, we uh, we wanted to make sure we could realign it and we couldn't. So here's some blurry images of deep space. I have a feeling that it's going to be okay. According to NASA, literally everything has done a really good job. Everything they've done so far has been literally better than expected. So, yeah. So kudos to them. Uh, Let's see. Other space news. Falcon 9 set another record. Do you want to take a guess what the record is? Uh, Number of touchdowns. Well, yeah, they're doing that every single time they land one. Yeah. Uh, Fastest turnaround time. Yes, you are correct. Woo! I guessed. I totally guessed. I do not have the link open. That was, that was sheer guesswork. The fastest most, turnaround time, huh? Yes, fastest. They set a new turnaround time. How fast was it? 
Well, I'm the previous be... the previous record was 27 days and 4 hours back in 2021. Yep. And this time is 10 minutes. Nope. 21 days. Okay. 21 so days. as long as you have 21 rockets, you could do a launch every day. Yeah. 21 days and six hours between launches of the same booster. So this is just the first stage. Yeah. But still, the same first stage was launched 21 days and six hours. Apart. Apart. And uh, yeah. that 21 days included... Mm four and a half days just to tow it out of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> to bring it back to shore? Yes. After the first launch, it landed on the on the uh, the drone ship, yep. and it took four and a half days to tow it all the way back to Florida before they could even start prepping for the second launch. Oh, I'm sure they started prepping things before it was back. Really? What are they, they going to do while it's sitting there on the... On the drone ship? Yeah. Making sure that all the things in the workshop are right where they need to be. Going over plans to make sure that you've got the right people checking the right equipment. Well, that says... Making sure that your checklists are there. Okay, so if, in theory, so, okay, so you could cut it down to 16 and a half days if we somehow could land it back at Cape Canaveral. Yeah. Because, you, okay, you scrap those 14 and a half days of, or four and a half days of just towing it back. So right. you're down to 16 and a half days. SpaceX actually says the actual process of refurbishing this booster just took nine days. Nine days. They said they said it only took them nine days to go through the entire refurbishing process of the booster. That's so wow. I am stunned. I know. I am stunned speechless at at that concept. When you think about when the shuttle would land and they'd be like, all right, in four months it can go back up. Yeah, NASA's record for the space shuttle was 54-day turnaround. Yep. So this thing could technically, if you had launches around, could actually launch three times. Yep. Although, to be fair, the shuttle did have transportation, too. So, like, they'd launch it from Florida, but they'd land it in California. Yes. Was there a landing in Florida at all, or no? Um, I don't know. Probably. Was it an intentional landing? List of space shuttle landing sites. Here we go. Three locations in the U.S. were used as landing sites for the space shuttle. The prime landing site was the shuttle landing facility at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Landings also include, uh, occurred at Edwards out in California, and one took place at White Sands in New Mexico. <clears throat> uh, looks like Vandenberg in California also had a strip built for landing, but it was never used. And there are some transoceanic abort landing sites as well. So it looks like the main the main land was in uh, Kennedy. Hmm. And just when they needed to land it in California, they did? Yes. And then they strapped it to the back of a 747? And flew it all the way back. Uh, okay, 78 space shuttle missions landed at Kennedy. Um... 54 landed at Edwards and one landed at White Sands. Yeah. Man, can you believe that? Landing on a dry lake bed. <laughs> I mean, of all the places. That's just like, okay, nope, Edwards is Edwards is full. Kennedy's full. Shoot, where else are we going to land? Well, this is <laughs> big open lake bed. Let's just, let's just land in the middle of the desert. We'll find a spot. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Hey, LaGuardia, it, do you have room? Land it in the Hudson. So yeah, so Falcon 9 booster just reused, literally just running up the score right now against anybody else who's launching. Yeah, well, because no one else has anything like it. Nope. And I don't know that anyone's going to, because like, what are they, how, how yeah. are they going to compete? Somebody said the only thing that you can even really try and compare to a Falcon 9 right now is the new Shepard booster. But that's, according to them, an order of magnitude lighter and smaller. And the is Falcons strictly... or the Shepard th is? The new Shepard booster. Yeah. Strictly suborbital, but reusable. Okay. And had a booster turnaround time of 59 days. That's the closest thing that that's currently running not, right now. <laughs> that is not 20 days. No. No, it is not. Just, wow. And just in case you're wondering, wow. uh, the FAA, no joke, has once again delayed... Yeah, the uh, the environmental impact. Yes, for Man, another month. Someone is salty. <laughs>
Someone at the FAA, it is the FAA, right? Yes. That's, yeah, someone at the FAA is fucking salty at Elon Musk. Because, like, come on. The FAA plans to release the final PEA, which is the abbreviation for the Programmatic Environmental Assessment. Yeah. Uh, to release the final PEA on May 31st, 2022, the FAA is finalizing the review of the final PEA, including responding to comments and ensuring consistency with SpaceX licensing application. They're also completing consultation and confirming mitigations for the proposed SpaceX operations, and all must be complete before the FAA can issue the final PEA. All I'm hearing is that the FAA is dragging their feet because someone's pissed. Yeah, that's just... You know, fourth time it's been delayed by another month. It's like, come on. So they still haven't launched Starship because they can't because they're waiting on this thing. Well, they're also still waiting on the rest of the Raptor engines because, as we talked about, Elon Musk says that there's new Raptor engines coming. Oh, God. And he needs, what, 39 of them, I think? Yeah, 38 or 39. Uh, It's only on the bottom section. I think on the the second stage, there's room for... six? So they've been testing it with three, but I think there's room for, like, nine. Oh, okay. Which, in itself <laughs> like it has room for three or room for nine like they they've tested it with three they got it up they did the belly flop oh here we go go back and uh, that, right like each starship stack will need 39 raptors 33 for the booster and six for the upper stage Okay, so 39 total between the yes. two. Yeah, 33 for the base, and then 6 for the upper stage. If I remember correctly, 3 will be fixed on the upper stage, and 3 will have that gimbal that they did for the belly flop. Yeah, they'll probably start with the 3. Well, they'll start with all of them, and then when the 3 get low, they'll shunt that fuel into the center 3 on the gimbal. It's just crazy thinking about that. Yeah, oh yeah, we got the rocket engines on the, you know, just able to gimbal however they see fit. Yeah, that thing... That thing's going to be a beat. That it, it was just like the people who actually went to the uh, the uh, test the the actual time the SLS actually got a test off. <laughs> the one time, yeah, where they they tested the engines for a couple of minutes just at full bore, and it was just people were like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm. It's going to be like the friggin' Saturn Five. Yeah, it's going to be earth shattering loud. Yep. And that thing is going to push off and just zoom up. I wonder how much it would take to get a Falcon 9 rocket fully fueled in space. And how fast could you get it to go? What do you mean? Using the the Starship to take a Falcon 9 up into space? Yep, and then just like strap it to something and light it. (laughs) Just let it go. Like, if you're already outside of Earth orbit, or Earth gravity... Such that it it wouldn't pull you back down, like, measurably. Like, how, yeah, how fast could you get going on one of those things? I don't know. Presume very fast. I still am just curious waiting to see a starship go to the moon. Isn't there somebody who's actually going to, like, take a trip around the moon? Can somebody spend the money on that with SpaceX? Maybe? I think so. That's that scares the crap out of me, though. Because, like, if something goes wrong, I mean, we did this once. (laughs) It was regarded as a minor miracle that they got back. Yeah, the Dear Moon mission. That's a video. I don't want to play that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else we do we want to talk about? We've got a lot of game news in here as well. Is there any other spacey or SpaceX-y or Elon Musky? I mean, he did uh, get Twitter's agreement. After Twitter, Twitter's board said, no, we got this poison pill, and Elon Musk said, okay. And then they're like, wait, come back. Let's talk. Apparently he has to secure funding for it. Yeah, he sold off um, a couple billion dollars of Tesla stock recently. Oh, that's why the stock fell. I was wondering what was going on with that. Uh, Elon Musk sells $8.5 billion worth of Tesla shares to finance yeah. the Twitter purchase. I don't know how selling 8.4 billion gets you the 44 because billion. Because you can use that 8.4 billion to secure a loan. Ah, okay. Okay, in order to fund the deal, Musk has promised to secure 25.5 billion of fully committed debt, including 12.5 billion in loans against his Tesla stock. And he already owns 9% of Twitter, rough valued roughly at 2.9 billion. Okay. 
So there's that's yeah. So that's why Tesla's stock dropped was because Elon Musk sold some to get more money to yeah, get Twitter, to get the funding to buy Twitter. That seems so weird. Like, does he honestly think he can turn it profitable? I don't know. Like, how how does Twitter make money? Ads. What ads? Sponsored tweets. Oh, okay. You see, this shows how much I use Twitter. Ah, yeah. There there are sponsored tweets. So when I open my Twitter app, because I have Twitter installed, and I go to the thing and I go to the top of my feed, uh, I have a based on your likes, and then I have the state of survival official. Oh, jeez. Which is a promoted tweet. Uh, then I have something from the Ann Arbor District Library, <laughs> and then uh, personal, personal, based on your likes, and then sponsored tweet, promoted tweet, Ebony, the king. Return. God, that one too. Ugh. If you would have said, hey, name two ads that are on my Twitter feed, I would have guessed State of Survival and Ebony. Yeah? I just what would have. What do you have. think the third one is? Uh, probably something uh, tech related. Probably like, um, well, that's probably Meta or Xfinity. Nike. 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 I don't know why. I don't know why on that one either. I'm I trying to think. I don't you... know why I have Nike in my feed, but I have Nike. Uh, the next one is the Seven Mortal Sins Ecstasy, uh, which looks like some sort of gotcha game. Hottest babes await you. Summon her, arouse her, fight with her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow. These are two things that I, like, the Nike thing and this thing, I'm not sure what the hell is going on. Twitter, go home, you're drunk. And Blakudoku, which I guess is a play on Sudoku, and LinkedIn. Those are my sponsored tweets. So that's that's how it makes money, right? Advertisements and sponsorships. Okay. Okay, so... um, Video game news. Uh, the BBC Proms which is a um, classical, like a week long of classical concerts Mm -hmm. put on by the BBC, has been going on since, you know, before World War II. Okay, that's a long time. Yes, uh, let me get you, uh, because they they picked it up from the original guy way back when. It looks like it started originally back in 1839. Holy shit! Before World War II, Andy, eighteen thirty nine is before the American Civil War. Oh no, that was the. Um, I'm just trying to think of when it was actually called the Proms, though. That was one of the first concerts done way back then. Because it couldn't have been the BBC Proms, right? The BBC didn't exist in eighteen thirty. No. Um, there was nothing to broadcast in eighteen thirty. Okay, so they were actually inaugurated in eighteen ninety five. Was there even a like? Electricity in 1830? I'm not sure. No, right? Like, the Civil War was still candles. When was Edison? Same time as Henry Ford, so in the... uh, Like, early 1900s. Yeah. Yeah, because radio waves weren't even till 1890. Marconi was, I think, 1896... I should know this. I feel like I should know this. I feel like you should probably know this. Because Hertz, Hertz was way back when Marconi spark gap stuff. That was 18... History of electrical engineering. There were 17th century electrical experiments, 18th century developments, and 19th century developments. So in the 19th century, which is the 1800s, Maxwell was 1873, and he had a lot of it figured out by then. Uh, yeah, Marconi is 1895, and John Fleming invented the radio tube in 1904. Right, okay, so the inaugural, the inaugural proms was 1895. Okay. Um, so over a hundred years. Yeah, the BBC started doing it in 1927. They were, that's when they started taking over the concerts. Okay. So BBC has had this since 1927. So almost a hundred years. Ninety-five yeah. years. 
They have decided this year to include video game music at the event. Yay! August 1st at the Royal Albert Hall. Yep. We'll have music from games including Kingdom Hearts, Shadow of the Colossus, and Battlefield 2042. Well, okay then. <laughs> Not necessarily the games I would have chosen. Although Shadow of Colossus had a good soundtrack, Kingdom Hearts has a good song. Um... <laughs> Battlefield, I guess. I mean, I have heard other concerts have had, like, with that, but, like, no Zelda music, no Mario. Um, Dear Esther, Battlefield 2042 Suite, 14 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Kingdom Hearts excerpts, 4 minutes. Shadow of the Colossus excerpts, 8 minutes. Mm -hmm. Robert Ames takes an electronically expanded Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Cool. From the classic console titles of the 1980s. Uh, none of those are from the 1980s. No, they they haven't released the full programming yet, but... Okay, because I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, none of Battlefield 2042 was not 8-bit at all. Nor is Kingdom Hearts. The original yes. Kingdom Hearts came out on the PlayStation 2, which would put it in the early 2000s. I'm going to say the original Kingdom Hearts... Hearts 2004. I have a mechanical keyboard. You can tell I did not search for this. Andy? Did you oh, am I honors? supposed to be am I supposed to be yeah. looking something up? Yeah. When did Kingdom Hearts come out? 2002. Ah! I was off, damn it. My my internal thought process was 2003? No, it's probably a year off of that, and then I went the wrong direction. 2002? Really? Mm-hmm. So we were in high school still. Yeah, released in North America on September 17th, 2002. Senior year. Okay. I got pretty So close, yeah, so the right? BBC is going to be Two doing video off. game not bad. music yeah. at... With the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. I mean, the the Royal Philharmonic has played video game music before. They have? Yeah. Oh, okay. They've done other concerts with it. You do know oh, that yeah, I'm, the, I see some the here. Royal Philharmonic doesn't mean, like, it's made up of royalty. I know, yes, 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 I know. only perform for the Queen. Yeah, I see, the, I see their list of video game musics now. Yeah, they've done other video game, like, symphony performances. They're good. They're really good. The performances are really good. I'm excited at, that this will, like bring games and gaming music to a broader audience because it's a very famous event, apparently. You're going to, to see if you can get the proms on, like, rebroadcast on your radio stations? Oh, no. That's none of... I don't have anything that's got any sort of classical music. Ah, blast. I know. Can you call someone over at RCJ? Come on. You have to know someone. You have to know someone who works over at WRCJ. Are you going to tell me you don't? I'm trying to think if I do. I'm not sure if I do. Andy, I am disappointed. I am like Kevin Sorbo levels of disappointed. Uh, oh, what is... Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me two seconds. I might actually know somebody over there. I got I to gotta look up her Facebook page. Uh -huh. Oh, nope, she works at RCJ now. Yes, I do know somebody who works at RCJ. There you go. So there's your in. Which is funny because this is the same lady who I got to play the Herbie Hancock track on the Grand Theft Auto soundtrack. Because <laughs> we're a jazz station. I'm like, look, Herbie Hancock, new track. This is the only place where you can hear it. And she actually took it and played it. So it's in, like, you know, the official, like, logs that the Grand Theft Auto soundtrack was played. <laughs> so I pro maybe, I don't know, she's on the jazz side, though, not on the classical side. Yeah, but she's going to know people on the classical side. Maybe. Does MUK over here do... I think they do classical over here, right? Ow! MUK is the NPR station on Western's campus. Okay. Oh, it operates an HD2 side channel with classical music. Okay. Which is simulcast on 89.9. Okay, I got it. All right. So, yeah, I could probably get something on the classical HD2 channel. Go for it. Yeah. You'd probably have to pay some sort of rebroadcast fee, though. Probably, but they already... The news side already plays the BBC News Hour, so I'm not sure if that would be a separate contract or not. 
That part of the business, I don't know. I just make sure that all the hamster wheels keep spinning. Yeah. So do you got, um, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, PlayStation is requiring games over a certain cost to have a playable demo. So that I'm not stuck spending $60 on a game and then say, this game sucks. Yes. Any game that's oh going to be on the PlayStation that is $34 yeah. or more. Yeah must include a lim- a limited game trial for a minimum run of two hours. Minimum run of two hours? Minimum run of two hours. That's a lot of game time for a demo. And this is the, you have to have this in order to sell the game for above a certain price. If you want to sell a game on the PlayStation... On the PlayStation Store or on the PlayStation? Um, hold on, let me... I'm double-checking this one. <laughs> it just says, uh, according to sources speaking to game developer, developers working on the games that have a wholesale cost of $34 or higher are now required to create time-limited game trials of their games. These trial versions must be at least two hours long. Because this is part of Sony's expanded subscription options for PlayStation Plus. I mean, that's really cool, but, like, it's also, what the hell? Yeah, so if you want to sell a game on the PlayStation, <laughs> you better, and you want to charge 35 bucks Or more. Or more. Damn. Yeah. Developers have until three months after their game to launch their time trial, and trials are also only required to be available on the PlayStation Plus Premium users... For 12 months. <clears throat> that's that's going to piss off a couple people. Like, a couple developers? Yeah. I could see them getting pretty ticked at that. Me, I'm sorry, you want us to do what now? <laughs> you want me to spend how much time just creating a demo? Not even I'd, a demo, I'd like just... To just get the game out. Yeah. Other developers are going to be like, okay, whatever. Like, we, sure, yeah. we'll have that. Yeah. You... Since we're going to have it for the PlayStation, may as well have it for the Xbox, too. Yep. But some devs are going to be like, I'm sorry, what? I'm going to now sell my game as a part one and part two. They will both be $34.99. <laughs> so do you got, um, okay, so uh, speaking of AAA titles and big game companies, uh, the stockholders at Activision Blizzard, no surprise, have approved with 98% voting yes to get acquired by Microsoft. Well, that shocks nobody. <laughs> what, the shareholders are... Want to make money? What? Yeah, I I will point out um, that this is going to be a very biased number, the 98%, because so few people vote when they own stock. You own stock, yes, Andy? Uh, I own some mutual funds, so in a roundabout way, yes. Okay. I don't know if you can... Can you vote if you have stock via a mutual fund? Uh, I have not had a chance to test this out, so I'm going to say no. I don't know if you can. But I do own stock. I have never cast a vote for for a company that I own shares in. Well, they... uh... The shareholders voted yes, so the transaction is now expected to close by June 30th. Yay. What's the share price going to be for the purchase? Uh, that's an they excellent say? question. I'm, hold on, I'm looking back at the old um, January article. Uh, $95 per share. Well, Activision Blizzard is currently trading at $75 a share. It was uh, trading at 65 when the uh, announcement was made. Yeah, I remember that. So. Then it jumped up to like 82. Which still, heck, even if you bought at 82. Yep. So, I actually, um, oh, uh, Amazon Prime Gaming. They put, uh, Blizzard has a, has agreement now with Amazon Prime Gaming for some in-game items. What? From yeah. Like Hearthstone? Yes. Maybe I've gotten two legendary cards. Of course you have. Uh, there's uh, Overwatch in there as well, and um, Heroes of the Storm, and I think World of Warcraft's got something in there too. Oh, God. I also picked up... What did I pick up for free? Um, uh, Oblivion. I picked that up for free. Uh, Monkey Island 2. If you want to try out a Monkey Island game, Dave, if you got Prime, you can pick up Monkey Island 2. Where do I go to pick this up? Uh, Gaming.amazon.com. Valorant League. Hearthstone. Random Standard Legendary Card. Overwatch. Two times Legendary Boxes. Elder Scrolls 4. I'm pretty sure I own it. Oh, ends tomorrow. I guess I should claim some of these. 
Yes, claim them now because they're going to be gone. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> Too late. Do I have to do anything other than just click claim? Uh, you may or may not have to do something on the other end. It should tell you what you need to do. Mm. Like uh, Monkey Island 2, I have to download the Amazon games. App. Oh, God. Please, no. Hey, Battlefield 2042. I hear it's got some like... good music. I hear it's got some good music. Okay. Um... So Activision, Blizzard, stockholders approved the Microsoft deal. I see a lot of other Activision, Blizzard topics. What else we got? Um, there's another uh, complaint from the National Labor Relations Board about Activision, Blizzard, uh, by saying that um, the company said they could not discuss issues related to sexual harassment and the discrimination lawsuit filed by the state of California on the company um, Slacks. Wait, start. say that again. Well, according to the complaint, an yeah. employee was threatened by a manager after posting yeah. an article about the lawsuit in Slack and discussing how they should hold Activision Blizzard accountable. So, timeline. State of California sues Blizz- Activision Blizzard. Yes. Employee posts a link to an article about it internally yes. on yes. their Slack. Yes. Says we should, you know, be held accountable and like, yeah, things here are not great. Their manager comes to them and says, you shouldn't do that. You need to take that down or something along those lines or like that's a bad idea and you shouldn't be posting that sort of thing. Yes. And now the (laughs) she took that complaint to court to court. Yeah, basically. Well, to the NLRB. Yes. Yeah. The manager's in like a not a good spot. No. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So somebody at Activision Blizzard is having a really bad day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is Slack? So here's the thing. I don't know enough about Slack. Does Activision Blizzard have, like, their own Slack servers that are set up, and that's where all the communications are? Or does it go to, like, a third party? Well, Slack is like Teams, right? I I mean, it is in functionality, but I don't know who has the data. Because when you have Teams, even though it's, like, hooked into teams.microsoft.com, I... think it's still your server like it's the same exchange server as your email oh uh, all i know is all our google stuff is on google servers that's all i know right and in that case like i could see a thing of like we don't want this on third-party servers but still no um the manager was in the wrong you can absolutely and should absolutely be able to talk about the workplace at the workplace and not face retribution for it this has a very um, the whippings will continue until morale improves vibe. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. Like, this is a bad... Activision's in a bad spot. Well, it's funny you say that because they, uh, because, you know, they're publicly traded. They have to discuss yep. their um, their profits and such with yeah. shareholders. And, and their outlooks and their prospects. Yep. Uh, company-wide revenues were down 22% year over year. Oops. Net bookings were down 29%. Net income for the period was down 36%. Well, I mean, a lot of tech companies are actually having problems yes, right now. That is true, yes, because 2021 was such... Was a pretty crappy year. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I've said, we've already said in this episode, I own stock. And, like, the last month or so has just, has not been good for a lot of the market, but it, especially tech companies. That's That was actually probably one of the things I read recently was that a lot of the 401ks saw last year that the tech stocks were just going skyrocketing up. Yeah. So a lot of the 401k managers shifted their True. stuff around and went heavy on the tech stocks. Oh, no, guys, no, that's that's a that's a dangerous thing. I mean, yeah. Oops. Yep. So a lot of the 401ks now are getting hit hard because, you know, that somebody else was like, hey, look at those tech stocks. But the um, the other thing here, though, that's, you know, uh, the monthly active users for the quarter is down 33% and is actually at the lowest total since the 2019 launch of Call of Duty Mobile. So that one's even before 2020. We're talking the numbers are down to 2019 numbers. Yeah. So that one, that one, you can't blame that just on the pandemic. I mean, can't I? <laughs> Are you sure? Have you tried hard enough? No, I remember where I was at in September of 2019. You can't blame the... (laughs) 
You can't blame anything in that time span. You know what you can blame? No. no. Okay, well, neither do I. Okay. I was going to say, like, the federal government. I don't know. No. All right, should we hit you the randoms blame now? Them, it's just not going to really do anything. Sure! I believe it's my review. Yes, it is your review. I would like to review a thing... I have downstairs. It has been taking up a lot of my time in the last, say, week and a half to two weeks. Is Laz okay? A lo- Laz is, well, he's he's not great, but he's doing okay, yeah. Okay. But he's not downstairs. Oh, no. He's, okay. he's right here. He's passed out on the rug, shedding, because that's what he does. Just, like, hanging out here. He, you barely heard him all episode. Uh, no, this is a thing that I bought. I actually kickstarted, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, why not? Sure, I'll do it. And I kickstarted it. And Andy, I I bought a figurative, not literal, figurative boat. Uh-oh. Because uh, I bought a 3D printer. And I assumed that one could buy a resin-based 3D printer and resin. And I even splurged and got the, like, washing and curing station. And I'm like, surely that's all I need. Because that's all that was in the, the Kickstarter. I'm like, yeah, that... That should be it. I should be good. And I, I, I'm not. <laughs> uh, so I, this is a review of the Any Cubic Photon Ultra DLP resin printer. 3D DL- printer. DLP, like digital light projector? Exactly digital light projector. So I, I, I had to find this out and learn about this over the last two weeks. Most resin printers, most resin-based 3D printers... We actually talked about this technology way back when it, like, first came out. We talked about, like, using lasers to hit the, the resin and have a plate, like, pull the thing out of the resin as the lasers kept hitting it. Same technology, just, you know, miniaturized and privatized and put into the consumer form. Uh, most 3D printers use an L, uh, LCD screen under the resin. Oh, so it's a UV curing resin and the LCD screen is your UV light source. Right. So okay. it's just there's an LCD screen below the resin. Um, the better ones are a monochrome LCD screen because there are fewer layers for the UV light to go through. But the the even better and like the newer form is a DLP. It has a projector on the bottom that projects a UV image onto the screen. And so that's what this printer is. Now, I I start there. Okay, so... Turns out, resin is super toxic. (laughs) Like, it's really bad. So, uh... It smells awful. Yes, yes, it does. And so I'm like, my cloth mask is not cutting it, so... No, no, it wouldn't. Buy some N95 masks. uh, Turns out there's probably a lot of those out right now. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of N95 masks available now. Um, bought myself some, some nitrile gloves, because not only is it toxic fumes, but it is toxic to touch. Until um, it's cured. Yeah, the, the liquid resin can be absorbed by your skin. Yep. And then when that resin that's been absorbed by your skin sees UV light... Then it hardens. Sunlight, it hardens inside your skin. Like, just just bad shit. So, figuring all that out, uh, realizing that even with a mask, like, just going downstairs, because I put it in the basement, like, the basement is kind of starting to smell bad. Oh, because there's nowhere for the fumes to go. So I'm just filling the basement with toxic air. I guess I better buy a kit to install a vent on the side of my house. Okay, so now I have a hole saw. It's $45 for a hole saw, because you need a four-inch goddamn hole saw. (laughs) Sorry, four and a quarter inch, because you need space around it to, like, actually push the stuff through. Uh, So I bought a vent, I bought the hole saw, I put the thing in. I Great, now I've got, like, a, a hose coming in, but I still need a way to push the air out, so I have to buy... Uh, some sort of exhaust vent, or I actually bought a inline duct fan, and I just have the end open. The end is just pointing to the air. It actually works really well. It can evacuate the air in my basement in under an hour. Okay. I did the calculations. It moves 200 cubic feet of air a minute. That's, that's a lot of air. Yeah, no. Um, right, it's like a 10 by 10 by 2 cube. Not cube, but prism. Um, so I did that. 
I bought more supplies. I bought uh, some like tongs to build. Uh, very soon, my basement was starting to look like a knockoff, like the set of a really bad knockoff of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Or the worst funded chemistry lab ever. I've also become, like, dead certain I should not be a chemist in any way, shape, or form. I do not have the patience to be a chemist. And, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've learned a lot. I've printed a bunch of stuff. The printer itself is actually very good. From from my experience, from having it as a, like, this is your first printer, there's a lot to learn. Like, a lot to learn. Like, when I got the Cricut... I was able to be like, cool, I load a shape and I send it to the Cricut and it cuts the shape. And I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, the 3D printer is a little more involved, um, but I'm, I'm getting there and I'm printing some cool things. And um, the the printer itself, as I said, it's it's a very quiet printer. It's a very uh, accurate printer. So I was just rereading the, the stats as Andy and I were prepping for this and it can print a layer as thin as point zero one millimeters that's pretty small that is 10 microns like this is having this printer is the first time in my life that i've had to use a micron as a unit of measurement without being like talking about a scientific paper um yeah it's slow i will say that it takes time to go through and and actually print um it is small so the the printer itself is physically small the build area is really small so like i'm not going to be making a lot of things that i'm building into bigger things with this this one is pretty much going to be like i'm printing D minis <laughs> and little desk toys i have a little puppy in front of me that i printed today and i'm very proud of it there's software that you need didn't know that when i put in the order for it to begin with so i had to figure out like what is this software how does it work Um, and then you get into the world of, like, printer modifications. So, I need to have a USB stick, because you need to put the files on the USB stick. The printer's in the basement, the computer is up here. It means I have to ferry the USB stick up and down, and, like, when I'm done printing, I have to bring it up here and put the file on it, and then take it down, and then put it in the printer. And, like, back and forth, and back and forth. Uh, so I took a Raspberry Pi, in fact, a Pi Zero, and that is my USB stick. Oh, is it just plugged into the USB port and it's just... There's a, a USB to micro cable, very small one, and the micro cable is plugged into the data port of the Raspberry Pi Zero, and that is enough power to the Pi Zero for it to run. Nice. So it's formatted... It, it's uh, it's the Raspberry Pi Zero wireless, so it's on my, my network. It has its own operating system, but it just ignores it for the most part. And it just mounts a, a um, section of the disk as if it were a USB stick. So basically, I have a Wi-Fi enabled USB stick that I can plug any micro SD card into and poof. So um, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to printing more things and more minis. I'm learning how to build supports and use the slicer software uh, and still learning how to not expose myself to toxic chemicals. Hi, Kate. When you listen to this. (laughs) I was going to say, she's upstairs right now. Yeah, but she's caught up on episodes. Yes, yes, she is. That's what happens when you can work from home. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. What what questions do you have, Andy? Nothing really. It's, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, that makes, it makes sense. Yes, it does seem kind of small. It is small and the build area is very small. Uh, other interesting things I've learned is that the print time for resin-based printers is a function of the height. And that's, that's pretty much it. It doesn't matter if I'm printing a very thin, tall spire or if I'm printing a solid rectangular prism. If they are the same height, it will take the same amount of time to print because you have yeah it's it's all about the layers it's the number of layers yeah with a a more traditional fdm printer that's not the case the more material the longer it takes yes well let me know if you think of anything else you're going to print with it outside of tchotchkes and DD things in the future can do yeah man some of the some of the stuff that People are oh. printing in the, you know, before the, the broadcast engineer people have always been like, well, you know what? Nobody has this. I'm going to build it myself. Yeah. 
And now that, you know, some of the guys have 3D printers, he's like, man, I really, you know, one of the guys is like, I really like these Microsoft pop or these microphone pop filters, but they don't work with this specific microphone that we have. It's like, I really like this A item and I really like this B item, but nobody makes an item that hooks A to B. Well, I'll make it. So yeah, he just made it and he's like, this works out great. Yeah. <laughs> The, the other issue that I did not know is that the resin for the printer um, prefers temperatures around 23 to 28 degrees Celsius. It's a bit warmer than your basement, I'm guessing. That is about five degrees warmer than my basement. So I had a bunch of prints that were failing and I'm like, what the heck? Like, how do I do this? What's going on? And it's too cold. So I found plans online to make an in-unit heater. You buy a little, like, heating unit, electrical heating unit, that expects a 12-volt input. Hmm, I wonder what that's designed for. Where else are 12-volt batteries common? designed to heat a car. Um, so it's, it's designed to heat a nice little enclosed space. Hey, cool. I have a nice little enclosed space. Uh, it has a tendency to reset itself if it gets too hot. That may speak more to my wiring than to the unit itself. I did have to wire the whole thing. Uh, you buy a controller board and, and wire it together and the sensor and wire it all together and then wire it to a power source. Um, and then I hooked that and the exhaust fan into smart plugs so that I can control them when I'm not down there. So I could like turn them on half an hour before I want to print so that it can warm up. It's been an ex exciting adventure over the last two weeks. I have spent so much money on like getting this thing to the point where it can print reliably. Well, that's just, sometimes that's the way it is. Yeah, but here's a picture. Here's a picture of it printing. Yep, that's definitely printing something. Here's a picture of a thing it printed. Yep, that looks like a D&D miniature. Yep. Okay. So and that's where the, I'm at. The website says it is sold out. So, ha, so you can't get one. Yep. But actually, there's a bunch of other ones that I might recommend getting instead. Uh, if you are interested in a 3D printer, specifically a resin 3D printer, go to the 3D printing Discord channel, because there is a Discord server for 3D printing, and the people in there have been super helpful. So, like, ask around first, and one of the first things they will tell you is, don't order the company that I ordered. Mm-hmm. Well, if I was going to do anything, I'd probably talk to Chad. I think he's got four now in his basement. But are they resin-based? That one, I don't know. I'd have to find out. Yeah, bet you they're all filament. You could show me them and be like, yes, those are 3D printers, and I would have no idea which type. Well... I'd have, I'd have to take a closer look at them. It's, it's pretty easy to tell if there's a pool of liquid at the bottom versus a spool of plastic going through the top. Uh, I see one, two, three, four spools. So those are going to be FDM. Those are the yep. ones that, like, melt the plastic into place. Yes. Yep. No, I see four FDMs. Yep. So there you go. All right. Yep. That's that. All right. Random topic rolled ahead of time. Name a building you would enjoy seeing burnt to the ground. Burnt to the ground. Yeah. Burnt to the ground. Specifically to the ground. Yeah. That's uh, Hans. Are you okay? Burj Khalif. Am I on a list? Can I can I give a reason why? Uh, sure. Because I, I don't want to actually burn the Burj Khalif to the ground. I want to make that clear. I do not want to burn it to the ground. I don't want it burnt to the ground. But if I want, if I, if I'm going to see any building burnt to the ground, wouldn't you want to see like the tallest building in the world? Maybe. You'd have to stand really far away from it. Because... Like, yeah, like I, I presume I'm not actually there. I am just watching this, but like. Just the spectacle. Assuming no life lost. No, no, no. Assuming, like, poof, there's a magic replica of the Burj Khalif. That that would be really cool to watch just burn. I hate to say it, but it's my... <laughs> my office here in Kalamazoo. Ooh, ouch. It's, well, it, it, <laughs> All right, it's, so... it's, a, it's a building that was not originally designed to be a radio, a radio station. station. In four years, when Andy's building burnt, mysteriously burns to the ground. We didn't say it. We didn't do it. That was, it wasn't, it wasn't us. It wasn't Andy. Nope. Heck, if I, even if I did it now, there's such a supply and demand problem. You wouldn't be able to build a new one? Yeah, I wouldn't. It would be literally like eight months. I'd be trying to just throw things together 
bits and pieces and maybe try and get something up and running, but it would be it'd be ugly and it would take way too long. All I'm doing right now is basically just designing everything, anything that I touch, I'm building it in a way that it is location agnostic, if that makes sense. I'm compartmentalizing everything, so it's like, okay, this rack is set up to be a rack. I've got keystone jacks on the top for all the cabling. So all the boxes in that rack are connected to one thing at the top of the rack. And there's a power strip right below that, and there's one power cord coming off that rack. So every, that, that entire rack is self-contained, and I could take that rack, pick it up, and put it someplace else, and just reconnect the ethernet, and reconnect the power, and that rack is back up and running again, as it used to be. So modular is, is your goal? Yes, modular, yes. Modular is what I'm, yes, that is a better term than location agnostic yeah you want you want the entire building to be modular yes so when and if we move to another building i can just literally take pieces of it and move them over and be like yep we're all set you know the new buildings i set things up okay i'm going to need four ethernet drops here i'm gonna need like four patch cords of an indeterminate length i'll get you know i'll start with long ones and then once you know the, the server rack is in the final position i'll figure out how long i need and i will get them made and then just you know but yeah this old building oh my gosh just no just stop there's just so many things wrong with it and it just needs to go away so but yeah no this was not the first time that i've said that and this will probably not be the last time that I will okay, say that. But you, you should really, like, add on to that a disclaimer that you are not going to do no, this. I, I will not actually burn the building I'm down. Like, just, yeah. No, that's true. Yes, I will not actually burn the building down. I just really wish I could start from scratch in some place that is not that building. Yeah. On that alibi note... <laughs> and Andy's building mysteriously catches fire. And that would be a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>